if the adage is true, what we read affects our lives, then what we put into our minds will come out somewhere. The question I'm asking is, why aren't more of us reading our Bibles? It's about time, because we're going there. Happy Thursday, friends. We have another episode of We're Going There, and I am your host, Bianca Wadisoltov. And as we count down the end of the year, many of us are contemplating this past year. And if you're anything like me, you're looking forward to next year. Hello. Yes. I actually hope that you have a word for the year that we discussed in last week's podcast. If you missed it, tune back one week and you can catch it. But my heart as we wind down 2021 is that we begin to assess, has my life been impacted and affected for the better with the things that I'm putting into my mind? Okay. I know I sound like a word nerd here, but just hear me out. The American Bible Society annual State of the Bible 2020 report. Yes, it's an actual thing, friends. They discovered that only 9% of Americans read their Bible daily. That's the lowest number in American Bible Society's decade of research. But if the last couple of years carry even a fragment of the uncertainty of what the future holds, we need scripture for guidance and assurance more than ever. On today's show, we get to have a conversation with author, seminarian, and overall great guy, Zach Wendell. Zach and I actually met a few months ago at a Bible teaching workshop held by John Mark Comer and John Tyson in Portland, and we hit it off immediately. First of all, he's from Minnesota, and he's married to a Puerto Rican, and my fair-skinned, blue-eyed husband, Matt, is also Minnesotan and married to a Puerto Rican, so I immediately felt just so understood and known by Zach. Zach has a passion for experiences, food, teaching, learning, and sharing his knowledge with others. Clearly, we were destined to be friends. He's written the Bible study, and I had to pick his brain on why the practice of reading God's Word is so important. But to make this super clear and remove any obstacles or excuses for why we shouldn't read God's word, here are seven tips on how to read your Bible. And yes, I chose seven because in biblical numerology, seven is the number of wholeness and completion. Hashtag word nerd. You're welcome, friend. Okay, so for the note takers, jot this down. How to read your Bible. Number one, choose a Bible version that's understandable and easy to read. Because here's the flat out truth. If we don't understand it, we ain't going to read it. The Bible was originally written in Hebrew and Greek, and one of the earliest translations into English was by King James, and thus the King James Version of the Bible exists. But today, thankfully, we have a variety of versions to choose from. Some translations focus on being more precise and exact word for word, and those are best for Bible study, while others focus on readability and understandability. If you're a beginner, I recommend the New Living Translation. Or maybe if you're a beginner looking for a study Bible, I'd recommend the ESV. Me personally, I actually teach out of the New International Version, NIV, because I feel like it's a hybrid between both. And listen, if you're a seasoned saint and you're like, yeah, 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 I read the Bible, but I I read the Bible daily or weekly, but I'm just a little like bored of it. Hey, let me recommend to find a new translation to freshen up things or just make a passage more modern. This year, I went through the one year Bible and I actually chose the NLT version. And it was really cool to see so many passages that I'm familiar with come to life in a different way. Another Bible that I love is the Passion Translation, TPT. I've fallen in love with it. Okay, number two, how to read your Bible. Pray before you begin. Pause before you open your Bible and ask God to speak to you. Remember, the Bible is God's word. It's his love letter written to his people, which includes you, my dear friend. Ask God to help you understand his word because sometimes, let's get honest, it's difficult to read. Ask God to use his word to teach you, to direct you, and even redirect you when necessary. Ask God to use his word to help you know him and love him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me if you seek me with all your heart. God loves to reveal himself to those who seek him. Number three, how to read your Bible. Read a little every day. 
Getting God's word into your life doesn't mean that it has to take so long. You can even start small, like literally five or 10 minutes is better than nothing. Sometimes less is more, especially when reading less means you'll actually remember more. So choose a time and a place that's convenient for you. Many people read their Bible first thing in the morning, AKA moi, choosing to spend time with God before daily distractions get in the way. But if mornings ain't your bag, they're not your thing, don't sweat it. Reading God's word is more important than when you read God's word. Personally, I love to read my Bible at my desk before the sun rises and before anyone needs anything from me. In fact, after my podcast on the effects of social media in our life and mind, I actually started turning off my phone completely at 9 p.m. and I don't turn it back on until I've done reading my Bible and journaling. Number four, how to read your Bible. Pick a book and work your way through it. If you're anything like me, you need a Bible reading plan or you'll waste precious moments of your day just randomly thumbing through the Bible and never really quite landing anywhere. So I would highly encourage you to pick a book of the Bible and read a little bit every day. Let's take the book of John, for example. If you read one chapter of John a day, which should take no more than five to 10 minutes, you'll read the book of John in its entirety in 21 days. After reading John, move on to the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Next read, the epistles, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, which provide practical encouragement and instruction for Christian living. If you're looking for more like essential doctrine, check out Romans. If you're looking about how things began and our biblical understanding, check out Genesis. Work your way through one book at a time and you'll never find yourself fumbling for where to begin. Number five, how to read your Bible. Try listening. Yep, listen while driving, cooking, or walking. This method is especially good for non-readers or people that have trouble finding a consistent time to read their Bible daily. It's amazing how one can move through the Bible using an audio resource. The internet and Bible apps allow for numerous translations and even, get this, accents. I recently discovered this and I'm now obsessed. So you could listen to David Suchet on YouTube. One of my favorites, Johnny Cash reading the New Testament on Audible or Streetlights on Spotify. It's a great way to mix it up. Number six, how to read your Bible. Utilize your artistic side. Anyone who knows me knows that I love these pens. I get them online. They're fine point Japanese art pens. I'm obsessed with them. They're called Muji. I love them. I literally have over 50 in various colors that I don't only use on like on my journal, but I actually use them in my Bible as well. I also love that they don't bleed through the thin papers of my Bible pages. And what I like to do is I like to draw images or emojis or words in the margin of my Bible. So it helps you remember what the passage is about or something that I'm feeling. For example, when I read Psalm 23 and King David refers to a table that is set before me and my enemies, I will grab my pins and I drew a table and I put food on it. It's actually a proven fact that if you have images associated with memories or important information, you are more prone to remember it. And lastly, Write what you learned. Okay, okay. Not everyone will do this practice or even like this practice, but I found it so important to my faith walk. I've made journaling part of my daily discipline. Don't roll your eyes when I say the word journaling. I like to also use the word documenting so that no one freaks out, but don't feel overwhelmed. Start small. And if filling out like one page of a journal feels overwhelming, no problem. Take a post-it note and literally write out one thing that you're thankful for. What was one thing that stood out in your Bible reading? And what's one thing that you're praying about? Listen, child, trust me on this. When you look back over the weeks, the month, the years, you will be so surprised to see how God answered and responded to your conversations via journaling, aka documenting what you're processing. So now that we have that simple foundation, I can't wait for you to meet one of my favorite and newest friends, Zach Wendell. But before we jump in, here's a word from our sponsor. 
I want to give a quick shout out to our Simply Earth Essential Oil partners. They make this podcast happen and they have taught me how to make my house just one step closer to being toxin free because of the recipes that they provide in their Simply Earth Essential Oil recipe box. If you're anything like me, you probably have several unused mounting essential oils that you tried to be hippy dippy and make great toxin free cleansing agents, but it kind of piled up because you don't know what to do. No worries. The Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box helps you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils to help make your home toxin-free. Here's how it works. One, receive a recipe box with four pure essential oils, six recipe cards, and extras. Two, learn how to use your essential oils while making your recipes created by certified aromatherapists. And three, save money and detoxify your life. Using essential oils to support your wellness doesn't have to be overwhelming. Have fun making your home toxin-free with Simply Earth Essential Oils Recipe Box. Plus, you get a free 80-milliliter diffuser when you subscribe using our URL, simplyearth.com backslash we're going there. Zach Wendell. Hey. I am so excited that you get to be on the podcast. Come on. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I don't think that you know this, but we're actually, we're recording this and we're posting this. Like the turnarounds really quick because I want this episode to make it to yes. the end of 2021 because one of the people that I think have really um, taken a passion for Bible literacy and Bible reading is you. But before oh. we go, before we go there, um, yeah. you are a rapper. You are a writer. <laughs> you are a chef. You are a husband. You are a dog dad. And you are a Bible lover. Did I, am I missing anything? I mean, we could add on some crazy ones if you want, but wait, those there's are, more. I, I mean, as long as we start with rapper or like we could take this anywhere you want. Okay. So for the podcast <laughs> listeners that don't know, I, this is actually new information for me too, because we were just out to dinner. Um, yep. You and your wife. We're here. Yes. Shout out to G. You guys came into Come California on. about two, three weeks ago and we had dinner. And that's when I discovered yeah. that this white, <laughs> blonde haired, blue eyed Minnesotan is a rapper. Yo, I, I would say I would say former rapper. This is oh, not former. like former. Yo, I haven't rapped in 10 years or more. But it's but it's part of my past and and I would say I'm I'm completely proud of it. It's part of your testimony, brother. It's part of your testimony. Okay, no, so we can joke on that. And I was gonna have you like flow, but like listen, yeah. I don't I don't want to put you on the spot. I don't want to put you on the spot. So we don't have to do that. But one of the things that I recently discovered and love is you are a chef. I mean, yes, Come talk on. to me, talk to me about your love for food. And then I have to give you a shout out for those table long nachos that you did <laughs> and posted on Instagram. <laughs> so it's so funny because I grew up in the restaurant industry. I worked in the industry for probably 15 years or more. And so I just always loved food and I loved the ability to bring people together from different backgrounds, different personalities, and like really relating over, over whatever you have on the table. And so for me, when I'm traveling and when I'm hanging out with new people, food experiences are like <laughs> everything. I'm, I'm straight up one day, what, like I'm saying it here first. In the next five years, I'm going to have a show based around it because I love it so much. Um, but yeah, so anytime I'm in a new city, it's like, let me take somebody out. Let me experience something new and and learn from it and grow and, and have fun. So when it comes to uh, cooking, uh, I just like to cook at home and bring people over. And we have a house that we love hosting people in. And so a few weeks ago, we did this nacho 
I mean, we took over like the whole countertop. I made a pot of chili and I just poured the thing all over and people stood around eating it and it was the best time in the world. Okay. So when I saw this on Instagram, I was just like, what is this guy doing? So for those that they need like a visual here. So your entire, you almost <laughs> like, it was like an entire island and on your okay, island, yeah. you put like foil or some sort yep, of covering yep, yep, and then yep. you put chips and then you drizzled, yep. but you almost made it kind of like an art piece as well. Like, I mean, well, you know, I'm, I'm an artistic, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm pretty artistic in all I do, even if it's pouring on nacho cheese. And so, <laughs> I, yeah, we did. We took an entire kitchen Island. We covered it in tin foil and then Saran wrap and we covered it in and we did nacho cheese, tomatoes, um, regular cheese. I did a whole pot of chili. I won a chili cooking competition a few weeks ago that I'm really proud of. Uh, there was like four friends at a house and uh, I won. <laughs> Just saying. Not to brag. Yeah, you know what I'm, you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but I dumped that winning chili all over the nachos and threw some sour cream on it. And it was it was golden. it was beautiful. It literally Thank looked you. beautiful. And I say this as. <laughs> half Mexican. Like my people invented nachos. You know what I'm saying? You hold it down. Boy. You Yo, hold it down. You know, it's so funny because my wife is Puerto Rican, right? And so hey. I'll make, I'll make like Puerto Rican dishes for her, for her mom and oh for her dad. God. And like, just to do it, just to try, because I think it's fun. And every time they're like, Oh my goodness, this is actually better than like family <laughs> recipe. <laughs> well, this is what I will say. We met. Okay. So in your introduction, I'm going to tell people like how we met, but one of the favorite things that I yeah. loved about our meeting and our, our chance encounter, we met in Portland yeah. and yes. immediately, you know, just good people, good vibes. And you had said, Hey, we have reservations at this one spot. And yeah. On a whim, my friend and I joined you and I, I actually, I, when I post this online, I'm going to post the, the video of you actually using scissors to cut that amazing oh, pizza. Yeah. Do you remember that pizza? 100%. It was like covered in arugula and oh. olive oil. Come on. And came with scissors. I mean, I mean, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a moment. It was an experience. It was a moment. I need a pair of those scissors at my house just for fun. I guess that would be incredible. Okay. So. I mean, we can go on and on because the list goes on, but I have to, I have to dive into yeah. there's, you're so multifaceted. There's a lot of things that you're good at, but nice. one of the things that I notice about you is if you've seen that meme, like on TikTok, like tell me you're a blank without telling me you're a blank. And for you, when I look at you, it's yeah. the one, the meme that comes to mind is tell me you read the Bible without telling me you read the Bible and you mm. live it wow. out so beautifully, Zach. Thank and so you. I want to know a little bit about your spiritual upbringing, because clearly yeah. you're, you have roots and roots require yeah. seeds. So those seeds were planted by somebody. Talk, talk to me a little bit about your spiritual upbringing. Yeah, man, my upbringing was very different, very unique compared to most people. Um, so when I was so I, I my first few years being alive, um, I didn't study the Bible. If you were if you were wondering, um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. Uh, my parents weren't believers at that point. But then at four years old, my mom was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer and was sent home with a five percent chance to live. She ended up being healed from that. Then she had a tumor on her sciatic nerve was healed from that had colon cancer with three quarters of her colon removed, was healed from that. And then when I was teen, she had a uh, mastectomy reconstruction, the whole deal. So literally for 11 years, I'm seeing God perform miracle after miracle after miracle in my family's life. 
And I think the most incredible piece of that was that my mom would always teach me, like, she'd always be like, Zach, you want to know what? Life could be so much worse than it is right now. I could not be here right now, but I have another day. So I just want to teach you that every single, that life is a gift and every single day should be lived to the fullest. And so that was like ingrained in me from such an early age. And it was just like, oh yeah, that's what God does. God heals people. And it like, it just happens. Moving on. Uh, I grew up in church, but I was always around it, but I didn't really, I never really dove into it. And then um, college hit and fell away from my faith for years, uh, really questioned a lot of things. And even though I still had like root worth and grounding, I always, I always allowed other people's faith to impact mine instead of uh, it actually be God. And so I would, I would see another person and be upset with the way that they're living their life and allowing that to impact my relationship with God, which is so messed up now looking back at it, but it is what it is. And that's how it was in the moment. And so in 2014, I hit a spot where I was like, man, I don't even want to consider myself a Christian anymore. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. Uh, like my life was kind of falling apart. I hit, I was hitting kind of like quarter life rock bottom (laughs) and uh, was questioning it all. And I ended up saying one night, I was like, God, if you're real, I'm going to, I'm going to spend the next two years studying, like, please prove that you are. Otherwise I'm out. And so that night, the Lord's always spoken to me very clearly since I was a kid, but I never knew that it was his voice. I thought it was just like in, in, Yeah, I know what I'm supposed to do in the moment. And so uh, that night I decided I was going to move to Australia and because you what, where, I yeah, mean. Where, else, where else would I go? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, so my, my thought behind it was I, I knew a lot of people in Minneapolis. I would be so distracted if I was on the same time zone as people. And I wanted to learn how to surf. Let's, let's be, let's be honest. And so I moved to the other side of the world where the time zone was completely warped compared to uh, Minnesota time. And I was able to surf and study the Bible for 12 hours a day, six days a week, we'd go through the entire Bible uh, five times. So if it was Genesis week, for instance, we would read Genesis five times through, and essentially we would develop our own commentary. And so by the time I was done with this program out there, I had 40 pages of notes nearly for every book of the Bible. And I really knew that I had something there. And I think for me and people are like that, even that grew up in the church, the Bible is such an overwhelming thing to them. They just, they're intimidated by it. They think it's boring. They don't know where to start. And so they just don't spend any time in it. So from there, I just developed this passion to, to help other people to hold their hand through the process and to show them that, you know what, it, it is a big thing, but we have life is life is long. We got, we, we have the ability to, to really break this down and, and uh, chew on it in bite-sized chunks. Okay. So you took this basically commentary that you wrote through various books of the Bible. And in fact, when we met in Portland, uh, my friend Sarah introduced us because you guys had met the day before. And I looked at you and I'm like, Hey, you look so familiar. I think we've met before. You're like, no, I don't think so. I lived in Miami. (laughs) I'm originally from Minnesota. I was like, uh, no, I think I've met you somewhere. And I realized (laughs) where I saw you. (laughs) <laughs> on YouTube ads before oh. sermons on YouTube. Yeah. And what you kind of created out of that commentary and the work that you are yeah. sharing with 
people around the world is the Bible study. So talk to me about that journey. Where did it come from? What was the need? Like, clearly you, you have struck gold with this. Like there is an itch that you are providing a scratch for. So what's the genesis of that? Yeah. So I hit a spot where I had just gotten home from Australia and I was deciding what to do next. And at that point I, I was working in corporate. Um, I was doing, I had a sales job and I, I felt like I needed to help other people, um, make the Bible less intimidating, less overwhelming. And I was praying about it one night and the Lord gave me like a full vision for what the Bible study was supposed to look like the layout, the plan of attack. Like when I'm talking, like the Lord's always spoken to me very clearly since I was a kid, it's literally like the whole package. I can see it exactly supposed to be. I hurt from it in any way. I know I'm doing the wrong thing. So it was just like that night I was like, okay, cool. I know what I need to do. And I started working on it the next day. And I took like these hundreds of pages of notes and I I distilled them quite a bit. I took out my own opinion on so many things and presented both sides because so many things in scripture aren't necessarily black and white. There's a lot of gray area in certain things. And um, so I really developed something that it holds your hand as you read through the Bible over the course of a year. So you'll literally read all of Genesis week one, and then you'll go through just some questions that, um, that help you make it a little more personal and hope, hope that the, the book sticks. But a lot of people get it confused with a Bible itself. They think that we're making like a new Bible or it's all my <laughs> thoughts, but in reality, like, like, I just want you to read the Bible and I want to hold your hand through the process and make it simple. Like I want your biggest leader and it's not as intimidating as a lot of people think it is. Okay. So pause. And that's the perfect segue because people out there might be listening. And the reason why I'm so passionate about this is I know what reading the Bible has done for my life. And I, by by just looking at your life, I know that the Bible has impacted your life, but there's somebody out there that doesn't care to read the Bible, doesn't want to read the Bible, doesn't like to read the Bible, or doesn't know how to read the Bible. So for somebody out there, you know, everyone's coming out with their new year's resolutions and, you know, I want to go to church more. I want to read my Bible. Those are all great. They're intentions, but how do we make intentions resolutions and how do resolutions become actual act like action items that we employ in our life? So for somebody out there, that's like, why should I care about reading the Bible? What do you tell them? Yeah, I think I think the best thing in life in general is to um, reverse engineer. So whether that's business, whether that's the Bible, whether that's like, I'm going to start getting my master's degree in Jane is like engineer everything to make it daily, make it break it down into into bite sized chunks every single day. So if you want to read the entire Bible in a year, that seems like a lot right out of the gate. But then it's like, okay, break that down into what's a daily reading plan. In reality, you might only be reading 20 minutes a day. And I can, I can use 20 minutes every single day to grow in, in a way that's going to change my life for good. I think so many people get overwhelmed with it because they don't understand the big picture. They, they'll, read, uh, they'll read Leviticus and be like, what in the world? This makes absolutely no sense because they don't understand the big picture of it. Yeah. And so if you really understand the big picture of the Bible as a whole, you understand each book individually, the big picture of them and how they play into the Bible as a whole. That's when things really change. That's when, that's when you're reading uh, a devotional or one verse and you're like, you know what? That makes sense because it lines up with 
with this, but we live in a culture where so much uh, Bible reading is just based around one or two verses and they don't make sense if you don't know the big picture. Right. It's just something small and encouraging in the moment, but man, everything changes so much. Jesus's words change so much. Like, I don't think you can even read the book of Matthew without understanding the old Testament because everything he said in it was to the Jewish people. And so like we take, we, we read these books as a Gentile believer that doesn't know the old Testament at all. And yeah, some things aren't going to even make sense, but man, it gets so rich and fulfilling. If you do understand what's actually going on at the, at the time, that's when it turns into something that will really be transformational. I'm interrupting the podcast to discuss about betterhelp.com. I know we speak a lot about BetterHelp on the show, but this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, some people think that you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that isn't true. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse, and it could help you avoid those lows. Many people think that therapy is for quote unquote crazy people, but therapy doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means you recognize that all humans have emotions and we need to learn how to control them, not avoid them. As someone who is an ardent supporter of therapy, I really love that betterhelp.com allows customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's so much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and we're going there. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash WGT for we're going there. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash WGT. So uh, clearly this is a tool that you give people and you get, you offer people, but what other, for somebody who's just starting out or trying to develop the discipline, you know, cause yet even then 20 minutes doesn't sound like a lot to me. I, that's literally, I, I, I go through my one year Bible. You actually sent me the Bible study. I'm so excited because two lucky winners are going to be getting some of the items that you sent me. Let's go. Yes. Yes. I'm very excited. Cause I mean, here's the thing. Those are people that know me. I know that I love the word. I'm a word nerd. I'm a Bible teacher. I'm a Bible preacher. And when I have resources that just break it down and get so simple, I love pointing these resources to people to make understanding the Bible easy. What resources have you picked up, acquired, downloaded, learned from in your own Bible reading? Totally. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different ones. It depends how how complex you want to be, how distilled you want to be. I love Bible Project stuff. I think those guys are incredible. I think their podcast is incredible. They have like a, a school online called Classroom that's in beta right now that I highly suggest. I love Nathan Finocchio and the Theos U guys. They have Theos Seminary as well, which is super cool. Yeah, I love people like N. Wright. Will. Uh, I think the Logos uh, app, if you don't have that, if you really want to dig in deep, Logos is where it's at. You can literally buy all the resources that uh, digitally that you wouldn't want to buy the books for because there's so many of them, but New Bible Commentary, Anchor Yale Bible Dictionary, Baker Encyclopedia, any of those are really incredible. Somebody to, to needs to grab deeper. a pen and a notebook yeah. because you are <laughs> dropping, you're dropping diamonds from the sky into our ears. No, this is, I mean, I'm listening to this. I'm like, oh gosh, I have a lot of that, but I don't have all of that. And that's, I mean, this is, this is fascinating. Okay. I'm going to throw you a curveball because- yep. 
I think just let's take a look at 2020, 2021. Let's take a look as we step into 2022. You have a pulse on like this next gen. So when you were talking about the Bible Project, for those that don't know, the Bible Project, they are, I mean, it's seminary trained teachers that are making like cartoons to help you understand the Bible. And it's deep and, but simple. But I think that you're doing that for this next generation. What are you seeing? What are you seeing that that this generation needs when it comes to biblical literacy? Or what are you seeing as a whole? I'm really interested to kind of pick your brain. Take like a survey. Be a prophet for 2021. Uh, oh my God, I know your rapper name. Prophet. <laughs> That's what I want to call you. Prophet yeah. Z. Prophet Z in the building. <laughs> Yo, chefing it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I'd love, you get to travel a lot of places. You are around a lot of spaces. You and I both got accepted to the same graduate program, Fuller. Yes. I have did. to delay mine, but it's okay. I know I'll be on your coattails. We'll be on your coattails. But what are you, what are you seeing? And what would you have to say to people that maybe are unaware of what's going on culturally, spiritually, and religious, like from a religious context? Yeah, I think I think people really want what's real and what's true. And so people are searching for that. They're searching for like you hear all the time, like, what is my truth? And so people want it what's true and what's real. And and I think a lot of people in the church have been hurt in different ways. And that's why we see like all this deconstruction going on. I think a lot of it comes from often we 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 talk all about like giving hope to the hopeless but then once once people get in the door they realize that a lot of people's faiths aren't based around hope and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of pessimism and so i think from our perspective we need to be approaching things from okay let's be let's be as optimistic and as hopeful as possible like we need to teach people that gratitude really will change your life and like if mm. we can if we can learn to to see the good in things now that's something that people are going to want to be a part of instead of just approaching it like no if you're a christian you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this no let's tell them who they are and let's tell them how god is actually moving in our our midst and keeping our eyes open for that. I think often it's it's so easy just to get distracted by what we see on social media and read in the news, but we are living in the most incredible time in history. There's literally never been a time like this. Or we've advanced so much in the last 20 years alone that it's incredible. And and so I think just really bringing back that hope, bringing back that mm-hmm. that focus on, okay, this is like we serve the god of the universe and like like he called us to be on his team to change the world. So why aren't we out here like bringing the kingdom to every conversation, every place that our feet step? Like that's that's our role. We should be the the most joyful, happiest, the most positive, hopeful people around. So uh, when it comes to this next generation and what I'm seeing is like, there's a reason why kindness and gratitude and mindfulness are so popular among the young generation, because they want that. They want to, they want to change the world in a positive way. Well, we have the key. We have the secret. How are we not the largest voice in this market right now? It, it blows my mind. So when it comes to the future, when it comes to the next few years, that's really what I'm dedicating all of my time to. I think especially next year is going to be focused on you guys. Let's show people how God is moving in our midst. Let's not be afraid of what's happening out there, but let's actually bring something positive into the world. Let's expand the kingdom and and take over. So I think one of the things that I love just in communicating with you and talking to you is that you have a, you're not myopic. You don't just see one 
little thing. You see a lot of things and you bring them together. You know what that's a hallmark of? A good chef. Mm. I'm coming back to the chef thing for a second. No, no, because I think maybe it's, I, it's either we're onto something or we're both very similar because both yeah. you and I, we love food experiences. We love yep. cooking. Yep. Um, I've never been in the food industry, but I grew up in a house that my dad loved to cook and create experiences. And so our church started, my husband is a level three sommelier for those that don't know, and so, which basically means he's a wine expert. And our, our church started around a table for, for food and wine nights. And so I feel like so there's sick. this synergy about like, there's something about like cooking something up and sharing that with others that is so experiential. And I think that that's what you've done with this project. You've, you've, you've made things bite size and digestible. So I, it's, I need you to put on your chef hat because I remember a season, this was, um, this was probably around 10 years ago, maybe even more now, but I was going through the one year Bible and I read the one year Bible, but at this point, I was seven years in. So I had read the one-year Bible seven times over. And I was like, I mean, truth be known, it was probably more legalism than anything else. But either way, it got to a point where it was almost as if I was chewing on cardboard. Like, it was just so dense. And I've read this before. Okay. So for somebody maybe who is beyond the point of, I don't know why I should buy a Bible. Maybe they're at the point of a seasoned saint where they yeah. they they read their Bible. What happens when you hit that place where you're like, I just, I'm, I'm tired or I'm bored or it doesn't feel fresh. Totally. No, I mean, it happens all the time. I see it. I see it all the time. It happens to me sometimes. So I get it. I think the biggest thing is consistency with it and, and prayer through it, which is like such a Christian answer. I totally understand <laughs> that, but it's, it's true. I think, I think if we're consistent with things and we push through, even when we don't necessarily want to be doing them. They're impacting our spirit and they're impacting us subconsciously, whether, whether we realize it in the moment or not. Mm -hmm. And I think a huge part is our attitude towards it. So yeah. not going into it like, Oh, I have to do this because God's going to be mad at me if I don't No, get out of here. Like just change, change your mindset behind it. And from there, everything else will change. And so I would also say like, like find something that, that interests you in the Bible. You can't tell me that there isn't one topic in scripture that isn't of interest to you and do a deep dive in it. So dig into any of the resources that I mentioned earlier. Right now I've been studying so much like new heaven and new earth. So like if, if I'm, if I'm bored reading any text, I'm going to do a deep dive into a topic in scripture. And that's, mm, that's going to bring a completely new revelation to to my understanding i love that i love that yeah. okay so um one of the things just side note one of the things i love that you said mindset because when i was in that dry spell where i was like i just don't want to read anymore it was like super boring um i didn't even have the concept i grew up in a very systematic or our church was systematic theology and so um, for those that don't know systematic theology is literally when you read verse upon verse line upon line chapter upon chapter book upon book so the one-year bible for me is just like well this is the only way to do it so the the fact that you're giving people practical like hey i could i like part of my devotion, understanding the Bible is going a deep dive. That's amazing. And one tip to me that I really want to speak to when you were talking about your mindset going in of it not being obligatory or drudgery, but I was yeah. speaking to a woman who was older in the faith. And she said, do you like fruit? After I was telling her, like, I just, I'm tired of reading my Bible. And I was like, I just told you I was tired of reading my Bible. Why are you asking me if I like fruit? She said, no, do you like fruit? 
I said, I love fruit. She's like, what are your favorite fruits? And I was like, well, I, I mean, we're in summer and summer fruits are my favorite. I love watermelon. I love strawberries, love peaches and nectarines. And my mouth was watering, even just thinking about it. And she's like, what if you were just put your hands on the Bible and say, Lord, I want my reading today, today to be just a sweet bowl of fruit. Let me tell you something. That was like 15 Come years on. ago. And there's some days where I'm like, Lord, this looks like nothing much more than white rice, but like, I pray that you make it into sweet summer fruit. So mindset is super great going into this. Okay. So I love that. you are a learned man. You're a man of the word. I want to know what's your take on devotionals? Oh man, you can't come on. Don't throw I, me at like I, this. Hey, it's Jeez. called, we're going there. It's oh. called, we're going there. I, I want to know. I, <laughs> I think everybody, I think no matter what season you're in, do do what you need in the moment. Devotionals are great. I think I think they're incredible. I think there's specific ones for specific times. Uh, Bob Goff has a great one that that I like to go through. I don't typically do devotionals. Like that's not my that's not my day to day plan. But it's it's amazing for a lot of people. You are so wonderful and PC. I mean, <laughs> I threw you a curveball and you hit it out like a politician. Yes, brother. Okay. So before we wrap this up, um, your mind is always going. And let me side note, I'm so jealous. When We're going back to the beginning of the podcast interview when you said that since a kid, God's just told you what to do and you do it. Like, that is not my process, brother. Like, so the fact that you've got a vision, like a full-on vision for the Bible study is amazing. So do you have any projects or books or things that you're working on right now that you feel like we're downloaded? Yes. Ooh, oh, let us know. Let yeah. us know. Come what are on. They? So this next year is going to be pretty wild. I'm super excited for it. So uh, I just signed a book deal for a book called See the Good, which is coming out in November of next year. And Congratulations. it's all about, thank you. It's all about living in the awareness that life is a gift. Um, so I think there's such a need for that right now. Um, it was fascinating. I did a, I did a poll on my Instagram story a few weeks back and it was, do you think the world is getting worse or better? And do you think it's becoming harder or easier to be a Christian? And like 82% of people said that they believe the world is getting worse. And his beliefs found that is so fascinating because it's, that's obviously over the majority that believe that. And for me, that's just never the way that I've viewed things. So I spent a ton of time digging into it and researching it more. And that's really what this book is around to encourage people and to inspire them to, to see all the good that God is doing in the world. And so we have a brand around that coming out, some clothes, a journal, class, I'm going to be doing a podcast and uh, yes. we also have the, we have the kids version of the Bible study coming out next year, which we're super stoked on. And I was privy to actually see some of the illustration for it. It's yeah. so cute. Thank and I just you. want to shout you out because you actually gave great color representation for the kids Bible <laughs> because Zach, I grew up with kids Bible and everyone was white. And so I just thought, well, yeah, everyone, in the Bible's white, duh. But like you actually put like color on Abraham and color on Moses. It was of so funny. Course. It was so funny. I don't, I don't understand why I don't do things. Like, I'm I, so like, because I wasn't really in the, the church for quite a few years, I missed a lot of stuff I feel. And so now I'm approaching it like, why doesn't I, why are we the only people doing this right now? And that so that's so uh, funny. That was uh, definitely an emphasis. Okay. So we well, Zach, 
when you open up your restaurant or when you have a curriculum or you have a show, like, please, I want to know about it. I want to love it. I want to support it. I mean, my dream, my dream is to do something similar. If I ever open up a restaurant, you have to come and like do a day in the kitchen. (laughs) Done. Would love it. Come on. In addition to everything that you are producing, I just really want to highlight the person that you are. You're an amazing husband. We, we haven't known each other that long, but you're actually a really good friend. You fight for people. You make things happen. And tell me you read the Bible without telling me you read the Bible and you live it out, Zach. So to you and to G, I just want to say I Thank appreciate you. you. Thank you so much for your time. I can't wait for your new projects to come out. You have to come back on the show and talk to us about them. Please, would love that. Thank you so much. You're incredible. Bye, friend. My hope is that you love Zach as much as I do. Zach has a number of resources that he mentioned here in this podcast. We'll actually link out to the Bible study in the show notes. But if you want to follow Zach online, check him out or where you can get more information on the brand Sunday, it's all going to be available in the show notes. As always, I just want to say in this season of gift giving that you are a gift to me. For those that have left comments, reviews, or sent emails, It really does encourage. It's like wind in our sails. So I want to give a special shout out not only to producer Madi and designer Meg, but I also want to shout out our newest intern, Hannah Lovejoy. Hey, girl. Hey, she is coming to us from London, UK. And yes, she's going to make an appearance on the show because don't we all love a good accent? I also want to shout out a newest team member, Kaylee Rogers, for being part of this team and making the message be able to head out into the ears of many. So I love you, team. I'm grateful for you. Shout out, and we will see you next week. Merry Christmas, fam. 